0: Hi, I'm Therese Plummer. Recently, I shared a trailer for Courtney Summers' new audiobook, The Project. Today, I have something even more special to share with you. What you're about to hear is the whole first chapter of The Project, so you can hear the start of this riveting thriller. Keep listening for The Project, Chapter One. 2011 Bee stands over the body of her little sister. Tubes run everywhere in and out of her, kept in place by flimsy hospital tape and tethered to machines whose rhythmic, persistent noises offer the only proof of life. A ventilator helps her to breathe. Breathes for her, Bee corrects herself, because Low is not breathing on her own. The parts of Low that are visible beneath all the hospital's trappings look like bruised fruit, But the kind you throw away, the kind you can't even cut open to find pieces to save. B reaches out, letting her palm hover over the top of Lo's hand. She's afraid to touch her, afraid any contact she makes will disturb Lo's tenuous connection to life. And you are not allowed to die. She was at the movies with Grayson Keller when it happened. The Thing A doomed team at an Antarctic outpost who didn't know better than to leave well enough alone splashed across the screen while Grayson's hand was up her shirt and then, despite her best efforts, down her pants. She's not sure what part of the movie was on when the semi crashed into her parents' SUV, killing them both on impact. And she doesn't know if the credits were rolling by the time they got the jaws of life to pull low from the wreckage. She turned her phone off, as the theater so kindly asked everyone to do, and forgot to turn it back on again. Then Grayson took her to a party where she made sure he saw her up against a wall with another boy, one who let her guide his hands where they felt best and trespassed nowhere further. On the walk home, close to midnight, she thought it was strange her parents hadn't texted her. Sure, she was older than having a curfew, so it was nothing they had to do, but B likes to be where the action is, and now more than it ever used to. That makes mom and dad worry. When she reached the house, the driveway was empty. The front door was locked, and the lights were off. She buried her parents alone because it couldn't wait. She hoped she did it well enough. Mrs. Ruthie was a big help, and now she's spending her days trying to track down their great-aunt Patty, the only living relative B and Lo have on their dead mother's side. They've never met, but Patty should probably know this happened. There's so much wrong with Lo now that what the accident did isn't going to be what kills her. It's the infection she's gotten since. The doctors have met it with every antibiotic they have, and Lo is full of so much fluids. Her fingers and arms and feet and face swell. Today, when B steps into the hospital, a nurse tells her to stay the night if she can stand it. B can't stand it. Stay anyway, the nurse tells her. Low was a strange kid, her whole childhood foreign to Bee, lacking all the magical impulses of her own. Bee ran toward the world without looking back, and Lo couldn't seem to head in any direction without the assurance of a point of return. When she was six, Low would wake up in the night crying with her sheet soaked through and go to Bee about it. Never mom or dad. She always looked so pitiful, Bee couldn't be mad. I had a nightmare. Low would say in one breath while begging B not to tell anyone she'd wet the bed in the next. B didn't have the heart to tell Low that mom and dad knew. Who else was doing the laundry? Still, they'd change the sheets together and clean Low up, and B would tuck her back into bed, trying, unsuccessfully, to get to the root of whatever terrified her sister awake so she could make it stop. One night after B put her to bed, Lo looked at B with wide eyes and asked her if she was ever afraid of all the things she didn't know could happen to her. B told Lo, no. She only believed in things she could see. Lo wants to be a writer. B is tormented by all the stories her sister will never get the chance to tell. B goes to the hospital chapel where no one is, the journey comprised of one halting step in front of the other until it comes to an end. She collapses in front of the altar and the cross, pulled down by the weight of her grief, and she weeps. I'll do anything, she says to the ground because she doesn't know where else to look. I'll do anything. She lies down right there, her eyes bloodshot, her cheeks slick with tears, the skin around her lips and nose breaking away from her, rubbed raw and sore. God, she whispers. And it's all she whispers over and over and over again. God, I'll do anything. Please, God. And then he appears. To keep listening to Courtney Summers' The Project, find it wherever books and audiobooks are sold.